Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and their Multicultural Mess and Secular Scam. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your presence and the time that you take to listen to my podcast. Um, I would like to begin by saying I I posted another video on, uh, um, on my podcast, um, Ex-Christian from India. And I have that podcast on uh, habhafa.com. You can also uh, listen to it on uh, different other sites. Um, and you're welcome to take a look at it. I posted another video about that uh, podcast yesterday. So it should be available to you today. It's ex-Christian from India. And... Um, I hope you it, it gives you more insight into um, what I have been uh, about my journey and my interpretation on Christianity and the uh, Indian version of it. Um, so basically, um, today we're going to talk about something that uh, I found very, very important. Um, and I thought I would talk to you about it. Uh, and that is a video that I saw um, on Facebook, okay? Um, and well, I think it was Facebook. I'm, I'm not sure if it was on um, on YouTube. Um, and the video was about a Swami, uh, a Hindu priest, um, talking about um, expats, Indian expats, NRIs. Here it is. I just found it again. Um the expats just let me see the comments here I, I don't know what's his name i think his name is swami sar sarvi priyananda uh anyway um he was talking at the ramakrishna mission in new delhi um, and he was it's on on facebook uh i've posted it on my facebook page religions regimes and refugees so religions regimes and refugees uh if you go on the facebook you'll see it there um very important knowledge um and he really got my attention and i agree with him uh, in a lot of ways uh he was talking about the industry out of criticizing india okay uh so I will just read you some of his comments. You can take a look at his uh, video right off the bat uh, yourself and, and make up your own opinion. He is right in a lot of ways, okay? And as an expat myself, I will let you know, I will tell you um, my opinion about it and my journey. So he was talking about Indian students protesting against in the Indian government at Harvard. Um, no other country's students uh, do it, he says. It's not really that they want to show that um, it, it, no other country does it so much, okay? And he says, one of the reasons, you know, you have many people protesting there, but Indian students protesting against, um, Indian students protesting against uh, uh, the Indian government, for whatever their point of view is, uh, is they are in great numbers. And one of the reasons they do it, because they want to seem like heroes in front of their, um, their, American friends or their uh, their white friends or whatever their uh, gore he said used the word gore that means white um, 
And he says he wants to remain, he wants to show the students, uh, Indian students or Indian expats, who want, uh, want to show that they're cool. Um, and yeah, that is a part of it. Um, this is, he said, this comes from in, an inferiority complex and an ignorance of your culture, of your history and your knowledge. Uh, Swami Vivekananda, uh, he said, he quotes Swami Vivekananda, said, never did it, at no point had he ever criticized India. Even at the uh, height of uh, British occupation, he never criticized India outside India. But when he came home, he had no problem in criticizing India on a variety of topics. Um... And he he slam banged us on, on different things, uh, different uh, um, different. Um, he slam banged us on on a multitude of things that were going on in India. He had no uh, problem criticizing uh, Indians on the ground. But once he went out, he never criticized India. He says that doesn't happen, unfortunately, uh, with other students, other people, their countries. They do not. Uh, uh, anger you. Uh, they do not um, criticize their country to the bulk that Indian students do it. Um, and that has made an industry of criticizing India. Um, and when when others see Indians criticizing India, well, yeah, of course you're going to they they're going to do it themselves, but they don't know anything about India, so they they will be um, you know they will be lost. Uh, so no knowledge, um, this comes from the fact of no knowledge, no shraddha. Shraddha means no admiration for your culture. And um, I just added here as notes, uh, ashamed, we're ashamed of our heritage. We've been taught to be ashamed of our own culture. So uh, basically this uh, podcast is about uh, expats uh, creating the industry that is made out of criticizing India. Uh, very, very important uh, to talk about this. Now, I will tell you my journey, and we will go into detail about this. Um, so, um, I'm also an expat, born and grew up in India. Um, I left and I came here. And when I came, I was a very angry child. I, I came from a broken home, uh, broken life, a lot of uh, violence. Uh, and we were cloistered in a cloister, like, like a ghetto, like, you know. Well, we were in a community. It's an open community, but only mostly Christians, Roman Catholics. And everyone listened to the echoes of our own voice and the church only allowed you to to listen to what they said they control your mind from the day get-go um one of the problems um is they indoctrinate you the church indoctrinated us and used our parents every generations of parents as as everyone else in the subcontinent says beat your children beat your children it is important that you beat your children uh because they must know who's in charge they must obey you is is the is the ideology and so our parents would beat us beat us and uh, even until recently you know, people of my generation and people who come after me say, well, it's normal to beat your children. It's absolutely normal. But they didn't beat you that much, is, is what the answer is. They didn't beat you that much. It's okay. Uh, oh, no, they didn't beat you at all. They didn't beat you that much. It's normal to beat your children. So the violence on the street in the homes transfers to the violence on your streets. The violence in your streets transfers to the violence of your borders. So when the violence transfers to your streets, they have no problem. They, they, then they cry, oh my God, victimhood, look at the big bad Hindus, but that they're beating your children in your homes. That's a problem. Uh, 
um, and, and this exactly is your problem. So as a child with a, with a broken home, broken life, and being brainwashed uh, by the church and the narrative and the ecosystem of the church, uh, we brainwashed us that Hindus were bad, Hindus were uh, garbage, Hindus, 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 Hindus. Hindus were negative. Uh, Hindus were caste, Hindus are Dalit, everything. There's only negativity that's fed into you to build a, a, an ecosystem of fear in your mind, to control your mind and control the economics around you. And then they say, vote for the Congress. So this is exactly what um, they, they, they tried to do. Uh, and with that, we were so exasperated that we go on to the other side. Because we go on to the other side, where finally we we end up wherever we go, just wanting to disappear into you know into oblivion. Uh, when we come here, the, the the trouble doesn't stop. The trouble doesn't stop. The train doesn't stop. Um, the train uh, of negativity doesn't stop because it's our currents that form the waves. It's not the waves that form the currents. So we come here and we continue the narrative of negativity. We continue the narrative of, of, um, of uh, you know, uh, divide and rule, of vitriol, um, and we transfer it onto people on the other side. So when I came here to this country, I was very, very uh, traumatized. Um, and I have nothing nice to say about India. And I can guarantee you that people around me were more Indo-favorite. Uh, they were more Hindu-favorite. They were more... Um, calm about India, they appreciated India much more but they uh, and than myself and I would talk to them and say, but which India are you talking about? Because I, I don't uh, I don't see an India that is nice. I only saw the negativity in India. Although I was very proud of my country, I was I was a serious nationalist. My father was fought for uh, liberation and uh, look, uh, he was a nationalist, I was a nationalist. Um, and, and we were all nationalists of that generation. But um, now uh, he has, um, so, so when, I, when I left, uh, I was angry that I was not able to leave out my nationalistic pride and I was you know, uh, brainwashed with all the negativity in, in the country. And it continued. So I continued over here with the negative bashing, with the ignorance. Um, I continued with the vitriol, uh, bashing my country. I did not go into riots and demonstrations because I don't believe in all of that uh, emotional, uh, uh, you know, overflow. I don't do it. Um, I don't do drugs. I don't smoke. Um, I do. I used to drink a little wine and and uh, and. Uh, uh, you know, beer for hockey matches, but that's about it. I'm not an alcoholic. I don't do drugs. I don't smoke. Um, you know, I work my butt off, literally. Uh, but at the same time, um, it, this was a vent for my emotions. And a lot of us, a lot of us um, do the same thing. When we leave a country or we leave a land, we leave a region, we go to another region, we don't go because we're happy. We go because we're unhappy. We go because we don't see anything else. It's the end of the road, end of the cycle, and we only see negative. So we want to get out of this tunnel, this uh, tunnel vision, the echo chambers of our of our lives. We want to get out of it. We want something brand new. And because we want to get out of it, um, we go into the other side and, and uh, we continue that tunnel vision for a while until it can offload. Now, I was... 
um, into research. I was into reading because that's what my parents also did for us, uh, especially my father got us into reading. And because I, from a young age, I read and read and read and read and done my research uh, from a very young age. Uh, the problem uh, is um, that helped me heal and that helped me look at other sites that let me ask the questions that led me um, introspect and over time I healed with that knowledge because I healed with that knowledge I was able to rise above the status quo break the links with this negativity in the vitriol leave the church leave the plantation of slavery outside and rise up to a better life uh, heal on the outside and, and rise above the status quo um, and today you can see a whole different uh, me you can hear a whole different me um, I do a lot of work researching the heritage the culture I've spent three decades of my life researching and every day I learn something new I try and make up for the past and I, my duty is to tell that story of what exactly happened uh, to a new generation so that they may not make the mistakes um, but also um, also, um, what they do is also to tell those who are criticizing India today that the problem, where the problem is, uh, and this whole industry of uh, anti-BJP, anti-Hindutva, anti-India, uh, that the problem, uh, you're wasting your time with this narrative. Uh, because it's just an industry, a narrative that has been indoctrinated into us. Now, a lot of people do that, so it's important, one, point number one, to understand that it's our currents that form the waves, if our currents at source have been indoctrinated with negative, we've come from a broken home, we've come from a broken lives, or even if we have great lives, but we are at the bottom of the cycle, there's no way out, we go somewhere else. Okay, and we'll continue that same journey. So people who come from from war and trauma, they're not going to stop and be saints tomorrow. They're going to be traumatized and they're still going to do that for generations to come. That's also one of the reasons I say uh, people, first generation immigrants, second generation immigrants should never be in the seat of power. Because when you go from one country to the other, you're going because you are fed up, you're tired, you have no way out, uh, you don't you see darkness and for whatever the reason is whether it may be politically ideologically uh, emotionally physically financially or just your own family it could be a, a um, pyramid of negativity uh, starting with your own home and that leads you to leaving either your territory where you're born uh, changing home changing cities changing lives changing anything you want but looking for a change to get out of your cycle and that is very, very important to understand. So that's point number one. Um, now, um, point number two is uh, Swamiji over here who talked about this. Um, he, um, he also mentioned that Swami Vivekanand, when we were at the height of the British rule, he went to the United States, uh, I think, and he, he, uh, he never criticized India. Uh, he never criticized India, uh, but uh, this generation, my generation, and the generation before me, um, 
or even after me, uh, they have made an industry of criticizing India. So when you have this industry of criticizing India, uh, that will flow over to the outside, picked up by these uh, anti-India anti breaking forces. They will be, it'll be picked up by, uh, by uh, uh, relics of the colonial empires, by Abrahamic ghettos and their, uh, and their trolls and their armies. Um, and they will, it'll be used against your own country to, to degrade your own country. Now, I'm not against criticizing, okay? Because if we do not talk, we cannot change. We cannot change. We cannot talk. Uh, we cannot talk. We cannot. Change. We cannot express. We cannot articulate. We will not have a problem. And no one in your own home allows you to criticize because you cannot criticize in your own home because your home is like a feudal estate where the, your parents are feudal lords and they subjugate you like slaves to submit to them, uh, generation after generation, indoctrinated by the uh, moral police of the land, uh, actually being pedophiles. But uh, that's a whole different podcast. Um, it is important uh, to say that we go on the outside. If, like in the ancient times, it was a normal course of action to have continuous dialogue, generation after generation, day after day, junction after junction, uh, like Tattva Shastra and, uh, and Aparva Shastra, if I'm not mistaken, the words, I can't, I, I apologize for the words because I'm not sure exactly what the words are, but I think it's Tattva Shastra. But um, anyway, um, if we were in a normal situation allowed to have those conversations, we wouldn't be in this situation. We wouldn't have to leave. We wouldn't have to ex externalize externally. And we wouldn't have Indians outside the country uh, negating the, the land on the inside. Uh, and that's why we have to talk. We learn from others. We join debates. We we externalize our, uh, our emotions, we talk, we read, we research, and we find common ground as to what are problems and how can we can uh, change the problems. And if we can't change, at least we can uh, tell our stories so that our story can be picked up by a new generation of Indians or new generations of people on the ground, whichever the country is. And maybe someone can pick it up and learn from it and understand the mistakes, understand the point of view and uh, work upon it instead of starting all over again in a new generation saying, oh, okay, we can't do this, we can't do that. But if you know what the previous generation did and how they did it, why they did it, what, what the context was, uh, maybe you'll do it better. So I'm not against, um, uh, I'm criticizing, I'm not against having a conversation, but I am for understanding the, the context, the currents that form your wave. So if I criticize, if I'm looking at a, at a point, I'm looking at 360 degrees of the junction and I'm looking at every single cycle that preceded it, you can go up to uh, 200, 300, 5,000 years, 10,000 years, and that's how I will look at things. I'm not going to look at things in one day, one, oh, only the British, only the, the Mughals, only uh, the whites, only the greens. Uh, no. We are cosmic energy fields. We are cyclic in nature. We are currents in waves. It's our currents that form the waves. And in order to understand something, you have to go very, very far back, understand the context. Uh, you have to breed history, my friends. And, and that you will see on the channel also, another channel on, on, on um, 
on uh, YouTube reading history. So that is important to read history. Once you know history, you will understand uh, what the problem is. Uh, you will understand how we came to be and and what can we learn instead of, instead of criticizing something instead of negating and, and offloading your vitriol and pretending to be victims and using this Abrahamic mentality of hate uh, oh, the other side is hate and I'm a poor little victim just because I have a label uh, because they are doing, uh, instead of doing all of that, you make every junction into an intellectual laboratory. You learn. What can I learn? That, my dear friends, is the way to go about it. Um, um, so that is that is, an, is is a very important point that we could do uh, instead of criticizing and which is a very Abrahamic mentality. Um, what I did want to say, however, was uh, coming back to the second point where uh, Swamiji talked about uh, Swami Vivekananda, who never criticized India, but came back and, and talked about everything uh, and was able to criticize every single. Um, you know, uh, concept on the ground. S Swamiji lived in a, in a context that was not socialist and Marxist. Uh, in the India of British, of during the British, they had more ability to talk. They were freer to talk. They were freer to have an opinion. They were freer to criticize. They were freer. They were. They were not. Uh, they were not. Um, their mentality at that point was not yet claustrophobic and slavery. The British did not control all of India. Okay, For people who, who like to say that British control all of India, British only control some states and they form alliances with people in other states. So we have these princely states, I think, I don't know how many of them, uh, they allied with the British, so the British did not rule over the states. Uh, they they secured their military, they secured the administration, but they did not ally with, they did not uh, control every single part of India. So we were still being ruled by the zamindars and, and the feudal lords, but at, at the same time it was not even any better. What was worse was, um, what was worse uh, was that, uh, after the British left, then we got colonized. We got colonized by the Marxist socialist group called the Indian National Congress. The Indian National Congress, my dear friends, colonized India from Kashmir in the north to Kanyakumari in the south, from Gujarat in the west to, uh, to, uh, to, to West Bengal in the east. They colonized the entire country, controlled the academia and media, and made us a, um, a centric, a claustrophobic, negative uh, group of people. They indoctrinated us with negativity and the ability to hate our own people, our own culture. We were only told about negativity about India and in our Vedic culture. We call it Hindustan. We call it Hinduism. And Hinduism was about caste. Hinduism was Dalit. Hinduism was about slavery, widow burning, cows, uh, filth, negativity. That's the only thing we were told. And this is not only uh, minorities. This is they, every single person was told the same thing because uh, the Indian National Congress wanted totalitarian power. Whoever allied with them also got power, uh, and 
that was mainly the relics of these colonial empires who rebranded themselves as victims, as, oh, they're victims, they're minorities, they are disgusting people, uh, they are poor little uh, bad people, oh, and the Hindus are the worst past. So all of a sudden from occupier, all of a sudden from... Um, all, all of a sudden, from uh, invader, they became victims. And you can't become a victim in, a, in, a, in one day. You can't become a victim just because you've lost power. You can't become, your ecosystem is not going to dis disappear. Your narrative is not going to disappear. And your goons, which are your mafia, which were the jihad collectors, uh, jizya collectors, and all the tax collectors have now just become, uh, have changed, in, changed the label, but they're still on the ground. They're still kind of collecting their hafta. They're still collecting, uh, brainwashing you. And so you still live in that same pattern of fear. Um, now it has another layer of fear and you've got uh the indian national congress who controls the entire country and they have indoctrinated us with a narrative that everything about india is bad if it's hindu so my mother loved indian art but she could not say but we would say what well, this is indian art but it's not real indian art this is hindu art this is from uh hindu architecture hindu uh art and artwork oh yeah but you know the hindus they are bad you know those hindus so we could not even say the word hindu we had to spit on the concept of hindu translate everything into indian or oh, indian culture we were, we were not allowed to say the word hindu we were not allowed to say the word hind we were not allowed to say the word um um, we were not allowed to say the word um, negative, you know, anything that was related to Hindu culture, Hindi culture, we were not allowed to say it. And we were brainwashed from the time we were born. So we've got three generations on the ground who have been brainwashed, or can I say two, maybe two and a half. Uh, my parents' generation, my generation, and the generation after me. Okay, uh, brainwashed. First of all, all the Muslims and Christians are brainwashed, and Hindus are bad. So you got right off the bat everyone in that group. Then you got all the Marxists who've been told that Hindus are about caste, creed, uh, caste, caste, Dalit, caste, Dalit, widow burning, this burning, that burning, all the burning. That's what they're told. Uh, then you have the people who are not so familiar. They are poor. They want money. They want food. So they will say anything what anyone wants them as long as they get some. Food. So if the, the Congress wanted their votes, Congress wanted to be a vote bank, they repeated what the Congress said. So they grew up in a state of fear, anger, no admiration, no possibility of, of uh, introspection, no possibility of... Um, of uh, evolution, no possibility of researching, understanding, um, comprehending, none of those abilities to, to challenge the status quo, to research, to understand the currents that form our waves, just hate. So for 70 years, we have been brainwashed to hate by the Indian National Congress, who are a bunch of socialist, Marxist, vitriol-laden uh, group. And that is why you have people going out on the other side because they're exasperated, they're tired. Now, these Congress, because at one time we are so tired of this negativity, so tired of the vitriol, that we have stopped voting for them. 
they they think that we will give them their vote without any questions blatantly just because they have a narrative and they point fingers at others they're sitting on such a high pedestal what they don't understand is that we are currents and waves so your currents will go up and your currents will come down and you know um they, they you will lose power and if you don't uh, do your job correctly you will your 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 vitriol will come to an end your corruption your vitriol will convert into corruption like the mogul empire they will come to an end and just like you challenged the status quo and rose up to power with the british rule someone else will do the same thing to you and this is for every single group so they've lost power and now they have used their you know, 70-year-old uh, negativity vitriol and labeled it as, oh, intolerance. Intolerance by the other side to whom? To their power, to their corruption, to their vitriol, to their suffocation of our mind, to their socialist Marxist subjugation of our human capital for, to, for their ability to put us in, in chains, in ideological chains and pretend that they are the truth, the way, the life. Uh, no, they're going to come down. So they've taken it to the world. They have spread this narrative, this anti-Hindu, anti-India narrative, which is just an extension of the Abrahamic negativity and vitriol supremacy coming out of 3,000 years of Abrahamic ignorance uh, that has converted into um, socialism, communism, and Marxism. Uh, just a rebranding of the same previous image. Now, all the socialism, communism, com uh, communist, uh, Marxism, uh, Marxism comes out of Germany, if I'm not mistaken. But um, communism, socialism, all are Russian concepts out of the Soviet Union. Now, the Soviet Union is a Christian country, uh, is a predominantly Christian country, the Orthodox Christian. So it is a, a fallout of Christianity, uh, which... Christianity is an Abrahamic feudal concept. Um, Judaism, Christianity, um, Islam are feudal concepts that's legitimized by power and uh, by God and made into this also oh, also oh, beautiful nar narration narrative while everyone else is bad. Uh, everyone is is derogatory. We have to introspect. Everything is bad. Everything is horrible. Everything is, oh my God, um, end of the world. Um, and, um, and so this feudalism, this power grab that is socialism, is, um, is a concept that has, has, is a rebrand of the Abrahamic feudal power. So at one point we were, we were occupied by Abrahamic groups for, we took Abrahamic groups into this country, into this land for, from 3000 years, uh, to, for, because they ran away from the ignorance, from the violence in their own homes and their tribes. Like they ran away from the desert and came onto the Indian subcontinent. Generations after generations have realigned and risen up to form power groups themselves. Then they allied with, then they, then they opened the door from the inside for the invaders to come in and let all these uh, invading groups finally come in by allying with them uh, and re 
reworking this land in the image of the lands they left behind. Um, they've made it into a Dalit group, Dalit, which is Judaic, which is Judaic. They've made it into a, a caste group, caste, which is Latin Christian. They've made it into a jihadi hideout with jihad, which is uh, Islamic. So it hasn't stopped. And now they're trying to say again, after 3000 years, that Hindus are bad, Hindus are bad, Hindu, 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 Hindu. And after that, we've got 70 years of socialist suffocation. They who have colonized this land more than Aranzib, more than uh, the British, more than uh, the Mughals, they've completely colonized this land with their socialist suffocation of power, indoctrinated us to be weak, indoctrinated us to be uh, negative, kept away the knowledge of our ancestors, of our, of, our, of our Vedic ancestors, of our civilization, denied us the right to speak our language of our ancestors, imposed on us a, 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 um, an absolute uh, narrative that is hollow and ha is just a screen for their feudalism, socialist feudalism, and and they've again sold themselves out, sold this country out, and so the world is on a narrative, on a um, world is, is completely paid in full. The media is, is controlled by the same politicians, like I said yesterday, controlled by the politicians who have shares in these media companies who are making big money out of it. Um, and and the big uh, companies, the multinational companies who have shares in these in these in these um, um, in these media groups. So look, they they they've made an industry of criticizing India. It's not new. Uh, the Leicester Square violence was one part, which is one one group. Uh, one other instance in this industry of criticizing India. They've gone bashing India. They've gone bashing houses, people, pulling down doors. You can see them doors after doors they've pulled down. Uh, um, they vandalize homes. And then they, they come up with a narrative that, oh, yes, um, yes, the Hindu BJP. Hindu, how do you know that they're BJP? How do you know that they're Hindu? They're just wearing ordinary clothes. Um, how, how do you know that there someone is this it's not like you know like in Islam you have to have a beard you have to have a mask you have to you have to have all this uh, negativity how do you know but it's your colonization of your mind your fear and anything and everything that that uh, stands up against their suffocation their colonization um, they will dump a, a negative narrative on it I mean, you you cannot you you cannot stand up against them. You have to submit against them uh, because they have indoctrinated. They've been indoctrinated that Hindus are bad, and that comes from the socialist narrative uh, allied with the socialists on the ground in India who've lost power. So their their democracy depends on them only having socialists in power all over the world. If the socialists are not in power, there will be no pluralism, there will be no uh, secularism, there will be no democracy as if the socialists made democracy. Because the socialists want control of a narrative, that's not democracy. The socialists want control of people's lives, one's control of their color, one controls of their vote, that's not democracy. So where's that democracy coming from? 
Uh, no, they just want control and they want their narrative to supersede everything else. And this is the narrative that was indoctrinated into us uh, from the time we are born. Uh, as, as an expat, I can guarantee you that I believed in the same thing. I did the same thing as in I, I was negative towards India. I was very corrosive. I, I found a, it was an event. It was a very healing for me to to bash uh, the neg the the garbage that came out that was going on in my country uh, to bash India. It was very healing because this was the India that I thought that had betrayed me. Um, India betrayed me, not the narrative betrayed me. And it's only when I started doing my own research, I realized that this was the socialist, uh, Abrahamic combined that colonized my mind, that made me ashamed of my own heritage, ashamed of my own culture. This, this ability, this narrative of shame is very, very Abrahamic very Abrahamic. It's a narrative of shame and it's about degrading someone, putting someone down to glorify and to justify your own supremacy. So you have to put someone down. You don't understand that you're a cycle, uh, that you will go up and come down and you don't understand that it will always be a, 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 a low in your cycle. You'll always go to the darkness and you always have to keep cleaning the ocean. You have to keep introspecting and transitioning um, learning, you have to avoid the same points again. Um, the next time, you have to learn, make every junction into an intellectual laboratory, heal, make sure you don't do the same mistakes the next time, and and have that conversation. But no, we have to spit on other people. We have to point our hatred fingers to other people. We have to pretend we're victims. We have to pretend that someone else is the problem. And we have to pretend that we're saving the world when we are victims and we're rising up and, and pretending that, oh my God, the Big Bang Hindu is the problem. Typical, typical, typical. So after 1400 years of, of uh, genocide, slavery for Islam, 75 years for jihad and, and of the Muslim Brotherhood, 75 years of jihad, uh, right from the, uh, from the, from, well, I would, I would say even more than that, almost 100 years of jihad, coming, starting with the Muslim Brotherhood. Um, you know, bombs being blown everywhere, bombs, bombs, uh, wars, uh, genocides, wars, genocides. In London, they've been from, since 2001, they've been bombing every single place you can think about. Uh, even the mayor, the Pakistani origin mayor said, you have to, um, uh, you have to get used to the violence, you have to get used to the terrorism because it's going to become normal. So and that means unless you give them the power, they're going to keep bombing you so that they, 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 they can control your mind and subjugate you to, to their supremacy. Um, so they've been bombing, they blame the whites, they blame racism, they blame the Islamophobia. Now they've transferred to the Hindus and say, oh, well, the Hindu narrative, the Hindu narrative, the BJP, the RSS, the BJP, the RSS. They haven't stopped one single bit about blaming everyone else, but they will never look at the three fingers pointing back at them. Never, ever, ever. That is not an Abrahamic trait, my dear friend. And this is what has been indoctrinated us, and this is why we're so negative about it. Then now you have the Christians with their Ukraine war, their war, their slavery, their um, 
there are 80 million people lost in Europe during the second, first and second world wars. Um, they have to cover up for that. They have to cover up for the war in Afghanistan, the war in Iraq. They have to cover up the war in Libya. They have to cover up the war in Syria. They have to cover up all their wars that they have been involved in. Guess who covers them and covers it up nicely? The Hindus, the big bad Hindus, who've not been in a war, who've not involved in a war, who've been colonized for, for, for God knows how long. Uh, they're the ones who've taken the refugees and all of us, oh, but we're not against Hindus, we're just against the BJP. But who do you think the BJP are? Hindus. If the BJP is not Hindus, if the BJP were Christians, no one would ever say anything. If the BJP and the RSS were Muslims, no one would say anything. But the BJP is Hindu, so you have to have the right label and subjugate to the, uh, to the Abrahamic supremacy in order to, have, uh, to be okay, um, to be right. If not, you, you're not you're not right. You have to be the scapegoat, and the narrative will always be against you. And this narrative, my friend, has been indoctrinated. This mentality has been indoctrinated in our heads, thanks to the socialists um, who've, who've colonized India in the name of the Indian National Marxist Congress. And because they've driven it into our minds uh, for three generations now, uh, the youth have taken it all over the world, and, and we, when we actually have the courage to bash our own uh, native countries that have invested in our human capital, um, you know, um, there's nothing to say, but you have to understand the currents that form our waves and the whole story of how we've got to this point. So you have to offload that socialism. Uh, you have to offload the narrative. You have to put in a new narrative, not just offload, but put in a new narrative. You have to give the, the youth back uh, the pride in, in a culture. You have to understand and take responsibilities for your faults, understand how these faults created, how we became a civilization, the millions of refugees that have come here and have brought their negativity, brought their trauma from the lands they left behind and reconstructed in, in the Hindustan in, 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 uh, in the mentalities of the lands of, of, their, of their previous uh, residents. Thousands of years, especially the Abrahamic uh, groups that have come here as refugees, the Jews, the Aramaic people who have come to the Indian soil and become Indian, become Hindu today, but who find uh, the source of the supply chain of their mentality in other lands. And then uh, um, 1300-year-old occupation starting with, uh, with Islam in 711 AD, the Abrahamic colonization of our minds, all of that uh, coming to uh, um, an end and then, then being rebranded with um, socialist uh, socialism and Marxism uh, allied with the relics of empires that have ruled us for 1300 years have made us negative. And at one point, you're going to say, enough of this historical narrative, these historical crimes, it's time to rise above them, it's time to heal, it's time to give someone a new narrative, give them the knowledge to heal. And once you heal from the inside, the violence will stop in your mind and the violence will stop in your homes. So you stop the violence in your homes, you will stop the violence in your streets, you stop the violence in your streets and you will stop the violence at your borders, my friends. And that's how you heal. Uh, 
If you want to stop the violence in the streets, you have to have the confidence to stop the violence in your homes and stop the violence in your homes comes with knowledge, comes with the ability to have that conversation. That's why you don't see Hindus out there uh, uh, creating trouble. You'll have a small path. Uh, you'll always have the bottom of the cycle. Um, but you will not have, uh, like Abrahamic groups, always invested in violence and only violence because they are brainwashed to see the other side uh, as some ghost, as some uh, big demon, while their label protects them from any transgressions or accepting their own transgressions uh, by, by transferring it onto someone else. So that is why you've seen 3,000 years of Abrahamic bloodshed and which caused Leicester Square violence um, and then blamed again on the big bad Hindu. So unless you don't stop this, unless you rise up and have a voice, unless you rise up and have power in, in your knowledge and know where you are, you're able to offload the negativity, you're able to offload uh, the, the wounds, the, the historical wounds that you, that's inbuilt into you, take your responsibility, um, you won't be able to heal and you won't be able to take equal opportunity. But everything in its own time, we have been at the bottom for so long, being at the receiving end from these uh, colonizers from so long. At one point, you know, uh, it will take a while to grow, to rise up. So don't be scared anymore. Uh, it's important to understand the whole cycle of things. And once it's done, once you rise up, it'll just seem like a blip. It will just seem like a blip because most of this world has been indoctrinated with ignorance. They, they are scared to get the real knowledge. They're scared to tell themselves that what they have studied and what they've been told for thousands of years is actually ignorance. It's not worth two cents and they do not like knowledge. They do not like real knowledge. They do not like being told the truth uh, or telling, you know, uh, a, a real fact instead of being told uh, being told that their victim is just hollow, it's just narrative. But on that note, I will I will leave you on a, on a better note. Uh, tomorrow we will do something very positive. Um, the Kalinga temples, my dear friend, because we are about to talk about our heritage, re-ramp our heritage, re-ramp our knowledge. Uh, the Navarangas above the doorframe of the Kalinga temples. Uh, that is something that is beautiful. That is the Indian... That is the Vedic uh, heritage that we have that has been kept under the dust so that we uh, are ashamed of ourselves and ashamed of our heritage. We've only been told negative. Now we're going to convert this into positive. Uh, the Navarangas, uh, Navagrahas, that's the nine planets. Um, my dear friends, absolutely beautiful. Uh, the the um, this is above the Kalinga temples. Um, and we will talk about it tomorrow. We'll talk about more Indian heritage tomorrow. We'll finish the week on a, on a positive note. And on that, on that note, I wish you uh, a very good day. I hope you have a great day. Please do not forget to listen to my channel, um, Ex-Christian from India. And also a big hello. And you're welcome to listen to another channel on... Um, on YouTube, Breathing History. Thank you so much for your time. I wish you a great, great day. Stay safe and peace, my friends.